Roger that. Well, welcome. Welcome to Wednesday Night Live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wednesday Night Bible Study. Amen. Let's, uh, let's take a moment and give everybody out, give our online audience a big shout out tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, and while you're at it, take a few minutes, get on your phone and, uh, Tag in on Facebook, let them know where you're at, and maybe somebody out there share the service. Maybe somebody out there need, needs to hear what pastor's got to say tonight. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I got a few announcements tonight. Um, Thursday night, tomorrow night, Women's Greater. And that's at 7 o'clock at the Area 51 Youth Center. Now, women... You need to show up to this and get some good word, fellowship. They don't have bacon, but I'm sure they'll have something to share, all right? No, it'll be good. It'll be good. And then Saturday morning, out at the lake camp, men's breakfast. Woo! Hallelujah. They will have bacon. Amen? They will have bacon. And I think that uh, Pastor Ramon's going to be bringing the word. 
It'll have some pancakes, biscuits and gravy, bacon and eggs. It'll be good. It'll be good. And then uh, Sunday, we'll have two services on Sunday for times of manifestation. Amen. Um, come in, get the word on Sunday morning, and then come back that night. And Pastor T will be here ministering, playing some piano. He usually puts out some good prophetic word, some in- encouragement and inspiration. So, And then on February the 26th, we have a fundraiser for the student ministry raising money for Area 51 camp. Yeah. Amen. Uh, they're going to have pozole, chicken and dumplings, cheesy potato salad. You can buy a bowl for five bucks. Or the deal of the day, three bowls for $10. Amen. Hey, that's, uh, that's good money. That's, that's good ground to sow in. You hear me? That's, uh, Get in there and help our kids. You know, Lake Church, I'll just go ahead and start with that. Who's ready for offering? Amen. You know, Lake Church has a lot of good ground to sow in, have a lot of place to sow some good seed. You know, we've got missions. We've got uh, men's breakfast fellowship. We've just got all kinds of stuff going on that you can uh, sow into. Amen? Amen? You know, I thought I think about this all day whenever I'm supposed to get up here. What exactly am I going to get up and say to you all that would inspire you to open your hands, open your heart, and to allow God to move through you and allow you to to release some seed into your life. You know, God doesn't need money. He's got a cattle on a thousand hills. He's trying to open your hearts when, he's, when he wants you to sow seed, when he's talking about giving, when he's talking about being a blessing. He's trying to get into your heart. Amen? Amen. Because everything that you do, you know, he told Abraham, I will make your name great. I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. See, that's the whole point behind all this is what you make at your job should be for the benefit of others. You know, we go to work 40, 60, 80 hours a week just trying to make ends meet, thinking we need to pay our bills. When, you know, in reality, God tells you that he is your provision. He is your exceeding great reward. So when you start putting your faith out there and sowing seed into people's lives, when you stop being the important person in your life and you start letting other people be the importance of their life, that's when, that's when prosperity comes in. Amen? That's when God will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot hold. Amen? Amen. So, you know, I just, wherever that was going, it it went, but, amen. But God blesses you so that you could be a blessing. Amen. Amen. And we have several ways to, to sow here or to take offering at Lake Church. We have uh, the envelope still on the seat backs. We uh, can put money in there and 
and take it back, and Jerry's sitting back there with a bucket. You can dump it in the bucket on your way out. We have text to give. We have the app. You can go on and give on the uh, church app. And also, you can go to lake-church.com and uh, go on there and give on the giving button. And, you know, it just encourages me whenever I can feel in my heart that I'm doing something, when I can release that money that I've worked for. You know, when you put that time in at work, that's a sacrifice. Amen? Well, you can sacrifice that and put your faith out, and God will be your provision, as I just said a minute ago. God will provide. You just put those kingdom principles to use. Amen? Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. And all this other stuff will be added on to you. When you can get past looking at yourself, like I said a minute ago, and looking to others and what you can do for them, that's when the true blessings will start coming in. Amen? Amen. So let's take our offerings and let's pray. Father God, we just thank you. We just thank you for the blessing that you are. We thank you that you are our provision, that you are our exceeding great reward. We thank you for what you're doing in this place tonight, Lord. We just thank you, Father, that as Pastor takes the podium, that you'll just anoint him. We already know he's anointed, but that he flows in that anointing. Father, and that just power and unction of the Holy Ghost. Father God, and we just thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Turn in our woo. Wow. Teen. This is going to be difficult, but uh, praise the Lord. Amen. Testing 
one, two. Test, 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 test. Testing one, two. There you go. Testing one, two. Test, test, test. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, test, test, test. Okay, you can hear me now, right? Okay. All right, you can be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 5 and verse number 15 as we're going to continue on our message here and be healed. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Okay, so we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 5 and verse number 15. And we're off to a rousing good start. Because this is exactly what the devil doesn't want you to hear. You know, we've been talking about how God heals, how God heals in uh, our world today. And he has always uh, healed his people through hearing. Amen. Amen. He said, if you'll hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his sight and keep all of his commandments, I will permit or I will not allow uh, the diseases that uh, came upon the Egyptians in judgment, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Amen. He is still the Lord that healeth thee. I am as a covenant name. It means that it is one of his redemptive names, and it means that he is still the I am the I am is past, present, and future. Amen? Amen? Praise God. So we're looking at Luke chapter 5 and verse number 15. Notice this. It says, But now even more the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to what? Well, you know, you, you, you take it, you know, and say, well, they came to be healed. Well, that's not what this says. It has a very specific order to it. It says they came to first hear him and then be healed. See, many times we set people up for failure in regards to prayer concerning healing because we don't give them the sufficient knowledge of the word to be able to bring faith to where they can grab a hold of what God has done for them. Amen? And uh, sometimes, you know, people say, well, just lay hands on me. And I'll, well, that's not necessarily even the way Jesus did that. See, crowds, you know, were all around Jesus and they wanted to touch him. They wanted to touch him. They, 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 you know, but in many cases, thousands touched him, but only the woman who had the issue of blood was healed. Do you see what I'm saying? And it's because she heard something. Remember, we saw that last time we were together, that she heard something. And what did she hear? Well, Jesus went around in every synagogue and in every city that he preached. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. And basically, he would sit down, just like this is found in Luke chapter 4. He'd sit down and he said, this scripture is now fulfilled in your hearing. 
What does that mean? That the, the that it is the fulfillment of that promise, the fulfillment of what Isaiah prophesied four hundred years before is now active. It is now in operation and grab a hold of. You gotta grab a hold of that. You gotta grab a hold of it with your faith. And that's the reason why they want to touch. There's many places in the gospels, in the gospel of Matthew and in Luke in which it says they gathered around and they sought to touch him, even just the hem of his garment, just like the woman who had the issue of blood. The reason why is because they knew that the word that he preached was active. The anointing from that word was operating in his life. Amen? And you know what? so good about the New Testament believer is that we don't have to look for a hymn. And we don't have to necessarily go and touch a physical person or even have a physical person touch us. We have the healer on the inside of us. Amen? You have the very life of God, the the creative power that created the universe lives on the inside of you. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen? Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen? Luke chapter 6, verse 17, And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem. And the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to what? Hear him and to be healed of their diseases. You know, people will come in and they'll say, you know what? My sister got diagnosed with this. She needs a healing. Well, no, she needs a hearing. Amen. She needs a hearing because it's hear and be healed. Notice that. Okay, the next uh, verse that we've got here. It says in Luke six nineteen, And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. Amen? Next verse. Psalm 107, verse number 20. I'm just doing some, some uh, going back over some of the things we've talked about. Psalm 107, it says, He sent out his word and healed them. Notice that. The Word is the healer today. Everybody say that. The Word is the healer today. Let's say that together. The Word is the healer today. Let's say it again. The Word is the healer today. Amen. We don't have a physical Jesus walking and operating. We've got the body of Christ in the earth. The body of Christ is fortified and strengthened through the power of the Word of God. It is the Word of God that brings healing to your life. And he delivers us from all of our destruction. He delivers us from all of our destruction. Would you think that diabetes is destruction? Would you think that cancer is destruction? Would you think that COVID-19 is destruction? Would you think that uh, heart failure is destruction? How about a heart attack? How about, uh, you know, migraine headaches? How about anxiety? How about fear? It says he delivers them from all of their destruction. How does he do it? He sends his word. He sends his word. Hello. You can sit around your house and fret all day, 
Pull your hair out and wring your hands and have the Bible sitting on your coffee table that has the very word. Oh, Colin, you're not getting it. People have this break, you know, break glass only in type of emergency when it comes to their Bibles. But I'm here to tell you, if you'll get a steady diet. Now, listen to this. Listen to this. If you get a steady diet of the word and you continue to take it in, it will eliminate the pains, the aches, and the sicknesses that are in your body. I have experienced it in my own life. Anybody experience in your life? I'm telling you just, and it doesn't even have to be the healing scriptures. It can be any of the scriptures because as we have learned in this series, God's word is medicine. It's not like medicine. It is medicine. So even all of the begats and even all of the chronicles can heal you and strengthen you. Amen? John 1.14, and the word became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us as we have seen his glory, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. So Jesus was the word made flesh. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were created by him. All things were created by what? By the Word. This is a major revelation you've got to get a hold of. Everything you see and cannot see is made by words. Everything. Out of the life force of God, out of His creative power speaking forth, He created the chair you're sitting in. The clothes that you're wearing, the lungs that are taking in air right now, the gluteus maximus that you're sitting on, all of the, all, everything that you see and everything that you do not see is created by words. So all of matter and all of spirit, the building block is words. See, get a hold of this. Get a hold of this because it, we're going to hit it here in a minute. John six sixty three. Jesus said this. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Okay? So we need to understand that there are different, I guess, um, different calibers of of words are different you know god's words are spirit and life so that means this that if our life is created by words and there's corruption that comes into our life our degradation our diminishment those things can be healed and restored by words did you get a hold of that? So if my kidneys aren't functioning right, and my kidneys were created by a word from God, then it will also seem reasonable that the spirit life words from God can restore my kidneys. 
Hello. I can sense some of you not having a problem with that. If he created the sun and everything that we see that we can't even get to, then what's so what's the big deal about healing the heart? Well, what's the big deal about did he make the heart? Did did he make your lungs? Did he make your kidneys? Did he make your reproductive system? Absolutely he did. So the way that we receive healing and restoration and the miraculous is through the word of God. And that's the reason why they came in to hear him. They wanted to hear him because they were just hearing about the law and obligation and sin consciousness. And Jesus was coming and preaching the gospel. Now, he elevated the law to its pristine standard. We have to understand that, that he did that, you know. But we have to understand also that he preached a message of life and peace and health and healing. And people were drawn to that because God was speaking into his creation again. And see, these were people that ate organic food, had exercised all the time because they didn't have automobiles. I mean, they were a whole lot, you know, more healthier than we are in regards to those two areas, but yet they were sick by the literal thousands. It shows you that sickness is not about physicality, it is spiritual. And Jesus, oh, I wish you'd get a hold of this. You see, sickness is incipient death. It's death in progression. We have to understand that, that sin brought in death. And death passed upon all men. So death is not just, a, you know, the cessation of life or even separation of life. It's a qualitative. It's, it's a quality of existence. It means that fallen man lives in the realm of death. That means he is separated from his source. Therefore, he is separated from all the benefits of that source. You know, if you're a toaster and you can't find a plug-in, you're not a toaster. And guess what a toaster will try to do? You can try to use it as a hammer. You can try to use it as a paperweight. You can try to use it in ways that it's not supposed to be used. It's supposed to be plugged into a source and make toasty toast. But because we don't know it and we're separated from our source, we begin to exhibit behaviors and attitudes and make decisions based upon inaccurate information. And that's where the enemy wants us. We begin to destroy ourselves and our vessels by using our bodies and using our lives in ways that God never intended for us to live or to do. Amen? And we've got to understand that the way back is to connect to the source. Now, when you get connected to the source, it's amazing to me how that we can believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess out of our mouth that he is Lord and have the greatest miracle that could ever happen to anybody to pass from death unto life, but have trouble believing in our heart that Jesus took our infirmities and bore our sickness and confess out of our mouth that Jesus is my healer just the same way as he is my Lord. We have trouble with that. 
But the greatest miracle is the fact that we've been born of God. The greatest miracle is that the Spirit of God dwells on the inside of us. The healing of our body is just something that is peripheral. It's something that is just uh, so simple compared to what He had already done. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. Jesus said, me and my Father are going to make our special dwelling place in you. Amen? So if the healer, if the Shekinah glory of God and all of its power and all of its glory, the great substance of God is on the inside of you, then it should not be hard for us to release that power into our joints, into our you know, our vital organs into our cells and into our blood. And how do we do that? We do it through His Word. Because His Word is spirit life. When you read the words of Jesus, whether they're in the Old Testament, whether they're in the Gospels, whether they're in the New Testament epistles, those are all words of Jesus. Psalms, Proverbs, Song of Solomon, all of it. It's all the words of Jesus. He said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit life. So that means this, that when I take in the word, when I take in the word, I am taking in spirit life. And I have to appropriate that. Amen? Just like they ate that Passover lamb. Did you know they ate that Passover lamb whole? They didn't even got the field dress it. Didn't even field dress it. They had, to, they had to burn it with fire, all of it. And they had to eat all of it. And if they couldn't eat all of it, they had to burn it, burn it up. But they had to eat all of it. What's that a symbol of? That's of us partaking of the body of Christ, the body of Jesus. And as they partook of that, physical strength came into their body to where when they got, went out of Egypt, there wasn't not one feeble person among their tribes and so here we have redemption in full we have the passover lamb's blood that's put on the lintel and the posts of the door which is a symbol of salvation in christ from the death angel but inside they're eating the body of that lamb and in that body of that lamb they've got healing so it tells me one thing that we need to get a hold of is that salvation and healing, salvation of the soul and the forgiveness of sin is attached to the healing of our physical bodies. Amen? I, I want to read that. It's, it's not on my list, so don't try to find it, Kevin. But I, 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 I tell you what, I love reading the Bible. I get something new every day that the Holy Spirit... But Colossians, this is a scripture I've read multiple times. Colossians 2 and uh, verse number 15. Um, Well, I'm going to start with verse number 13. It says, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, with Christ, having forgiven us all our trespasses. Hallelujah. By Now notice this. Now notice this. By canceling its Canceling the record of debt that stood against us. Now, he could have put a period right there and it had been fine. But notice what else he says. With its legal demands. So what does that mean? I'm not only forgiven of sin, but I'm released from the penalty of it. 
I'm not only forgiven, but I've been released from the penalty of it. Poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Christ hath redeemed me from the curse of the law, being made a curse for me. That means I've been totally lifted up, carried away, and removed, not only from my sins and from what, you know, my, my old man, but also the, the, the penalty of that. Amen? You know, Jesus talked about this penalty in his earthly ministry. In fact, when Rick Renner was here, he talked about, you know, the man that was by the pool of Bethesda. And what did Jesus say? He says, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. So he's basically saying, you've got forgiveness and you've got release from the penalty of that. He said, don't go in to sin again. You, you understand what I'm saying? You, you understand? Because the law of sin and death still works. The law of sin and death is still in the world, but the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and of death. Amen? Let's go to that next scripture. I'm trying to get through this. Um, Mark chapter 4 and verse number 24. People will say, well, if God wants to do something in my life, he'll just do it. If he wants me healed, he'll just do it, you know. It'll just happen. I'll just wake up one day and I'll just totally be fine, you know. Yeah, you'll find yourself six feet in the ground. Well, you'll go to heaven. That's a good thing. Amen. You know, we win either way. You got you to gotta not be afraid to die. Amen. If you want to get free of, of the fear of death, you, you need to not be afraid to die. You need to realize that Jesus is taking the sting out of death. But most people will say, well, there ain't nothing to that. And, you know, if he wants to do it, he'll just do it. But that's not what the Bible teaches Jesus taught it this way. Now, he's talking about the sower sowing the word, which is the total mechanism about how God works in your life. He works with the seed, which is the word of God. It goes in the soil of your heart, and it produces a harvest. Amen. I remember I was praying around here. I turned that corner over here, and the Lord said, you're coming into a season of a healing harvest. And, and, and the reason why he said that is because you know, I've been in the word about that. I've been confessing. I've been praying in the spirit. And basically, I've been tending to my garden, if you know what I mean. Amen? And when you tend to your garden continuously, you get a harvest. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. See, it's a process, guys. People want it instantaneously. But when you're being healed by the word, there is a progression to it. It doesn't mean we have to wait because I believe I received my healing at the time of asking. It's just as much mine now whether one symptom has ever changed in my body. I'm healed. Regardless of whether I have to take medicine or not, I'm healed. Regardless of whether I have to go to the doctor or not, I'm healed. Amen? I'm sitting across from my doctor a healed man. Come on now. Stir yourself up. Begin to believe for greater things. Stop tolerating things in your life. Hello. I'll tell you what, you know, there were times in my battle, in my journey, that, you know, it would take me a few days to get over a doctor's visit. And I kept asking the Lord, why am I having trouble getting 
over these doctor visits. You know, I'd be going good, and then I'd have a doctor's visit, and I'd just, I'd just man, I'd get blue, I'd get depressed, I'd get all that. You want to know? He said, it's their words. He said, it's not so much their words, it's what you think about their words. Listen, they're, they're saying what they see. They're, you know, you can't be mad at them. You can't blame them. You can't be upset with them. They're just saying what they see. But I don't live in a realm or abide in a realm or believe in a realm of just what I can see. I live by what I believe. And what I believe is unseen. And by my belief in the unseen, it will manifest in the seen. Amen? And I just remember, you know, just saying, Lord, why? Why in the world? Because I was doing exactly what Jesus talked about here in the opposite direction. In the opposite direction. Notice what he says. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, that means you know, the amount of, I love the, the Amplified, it says, the amount of thought and study that you give to what you hear is the amount of power and virtue that will be released to you. So that's true whether it's a positive God-filled word or it's a negative, carnal word. The amount of thought and study that I give to what I hear is the measure of power and virtue that is brought back into my life. So that means that when I'm in sitting in service here today, and I'm hearing this good word about God's healing flow through His Word, the amount of thought and study and meditation that I give to it is the amount of power I'll get out of it. But if I go to the doctor or the banker or wherever, you know, you know, maybe it's a relational issue and you're hearing what your spouse is saying to you or what your children are saying to you, and you meditate on that, and you give thought and study to that, that power will be measured back in the opposite direction. Do you understand that? See, Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. So that means every other word is not spirit and life. There are words of death. There are words that, that can kill a man's spirit, that can, that can you know, oppress you in your mind. And if you continue to meditate on them, because words are containers. God put his faith in those words to create everything that you see and everything you do not see. The enemy uses that, fills words with all kinds of imagery so that we can begin to get depressed and anxious and bogged down and get negative. Amen? So he says, and he said, pay attention to what you hear. Now, in the next one, in Mark 4, 24, to one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Listen, guys, 
when you start off in this, don't think that you can just stop. Because people will stop. They'll get to feeling better and they'll stop. Hello. You have a, it's not that God's withholding from you. God is not withholding from you. And God didn't just change his mind either. No more than a farmer thinks the land is fickle and has its own personality and is bipolar. God's giving you the seed. God's giving you the soil. God gives you the elements to grow. He expects you to use those elements. Most people are waiting for God to do something. God says, get out in your garden. Where's your seed bag at? Does anybody know where the seed bag's at? It's right there. Absolutely. It's that book right there. Where's your seed bag? Where's the soil? It's inside your spirit. See, that is not the accurate media for the, the seed. The seed is supposed to be implanted in the human heart. And as it's planted in the human heart, it grows forth a harvest. And that fruit, see, Jesus said, I'm the vine. You're the branches. Well, the vine doesn't bear fruit. The, the vine is the source. The branch bears fruit. So when I, the vine lives on the inside of me, the divine life of God lives on the inside of me, then praise God, me as the branch, I will manifest the fruit of healing. Do you understand that? Okay, Luke 8, 18. Now notice what he says here. Because it's a little bit different. It says, take care then how. Not, you know, what you hear, but how you hear. Because we can hear things. That aren't true. You know, we can we can be talked out of our own. You know, you you've got the seed. You've got see. There's no reason why God shouldn't be producing in your life because He's already given you. Oh God, He's given you the seed. He's given you the soil, and guess what? He's giving you the good weather. To grow the crop. He'll give you the rain. And he'll give you the sunshine. That will cause you to be able to grow seasonally. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. But you've got to get in your garden. There's people that don't get in their garden. If you looked in their heart. It's just an old. You know grown up with briar bushes. And you know just just dusty. And no no. No work whatsoever. And they're wondering, God, why don't you move in my life? Why don't you? And God's saying, hey, you got the seed back. You know, the Bible says stir up the fallow ground. So you got to stir that stuff up. You have to do it. Notice he doesn't say, and God will just do it. No, it says, it says, take, you know, take an account, pay attention to what you're hearing. The amount of thought and studied you, not God, you give to what you hear is the amount of power and virtue measured back to you. And more shall be given. 
Amen? Do you, do you understand that when it comes to even physical crops, uh, one seed planted is going to bring forth multiple plants, multiple, you know, tomatoes. You know, one tomato vine can produce, you know, tomatoes, you know, continuously. I know people that just have them just, you know, getting on the ground because they're just so full. I had one guy that had a secret in which he put pantyhose on wires and he, he soaked up the electromagnetism in, in, the, in the air and it caused his plants to grow. It's really strange. I didn't ask him where he got the pantyhose. Um, but, uh, you know, one seed, one watermelon seed will make countless watermelons. Say, to him that has shall more be given. You can take one seed and multiply that seed. And in that seed will be multiplied even more. And in that watermelon, there's more seeds. You get a water, you plant one seed for a watermelon, watermelon grows, watermelon has countless seeds on the inside of it. You end up spitting them on the ground. Hello, to him that has shall more be given. The reason why Jesus uses agrarian, you know, uh, language is because that's how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God is organic. But it's not tangible in the sense that you can feel it, touch it, taste it, and, and smell it. But it's there. And he uses the soil, and he uses rain, and he uses seed that we can see with our eyes to begin to show us how it works. He sent his word. He said, the seed is the word. He sent his word and healed us. He sent his word and healed us. But you've got to take and pay attention to what you hear. And then you've also got to pay attention to how you hear. Amen? Job 12.11 says this. Does not the ear test words as the palate tastes food? Do you understand that? Now notice that. That means that your ear is equivalent to your mouth. In the sense that it is able... To taste, you know, when it says taste and see that the Lord is good, taste and see that the Lord is good is hearing his words. And not taking something in and, you know, into your mouth. It's taste and see that the Lord is good because your ear is the taster. Your ear is the taster. See, you've got to be able to cultivate yourself spiritually to where your ear can receive good food and reject bad food. Do you understand that? See, you know, there will be people that get up, maybe you go to a, a different service and someone gets up there and says something contrary to the Word of God, your, your ear begins to say, oh, no, mm. no, I ain't going to listen to that. That's not true. Say, well, God puts diseases on people so that they can teach them a lesson. Oh, your ear goes, ah! Looks like the Rolling Stone symbol, big old tongue sticking out of it. No, I ain't taking that at all. Amen? See, you can test words with your ears. Job 34, 3 says it again. For the ear tests words as the palate tastes food. Okay, so so Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they're spirit life. So they're going to be the best and the highest quality 
of spiritual food for my physical body. Did you know that? Not just my physical body, but my soul, my spirit. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Come on now. Let's go. It, uh, Proverbs 4.20. Now notice this. My son, be attentive to my words. So you've got to learn to discern things. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their what? It doesn't say healing to their spirit. Well, that's just spiritual healing. No, it says spiritual to your flesh. It's healing to your flesh. Amen? And so there we see the gateway you know, to the heart, we see attend to my words, which is number one, what you put your attention to is a gateway to your heart. It says incline your ear, which is, uh, uh, you know, inclining our ear. Let's look at, uh, I guess I may have Proverbs 1520. Uh, do I have that there? 1530? Proverbs 1530, is it there? But I'll turn over there. Anyway, Proverbs 1530. Did you bring your Bibles? Yes. It's important for us to bring our Bibles. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. 1530. Okay, let's see here. Oh, this is talking about, uh, yeah, incline your ears or, or do not let them escape from your sight. Proverbs 1530 says, the light of the eyes rejoice the heart and good news refreshes the bones. So how does good news come? It comes through words. It comes through hearing something. Amen? So guess what? Good news will refresh your bones. Your bones are being refreshed right now through the Word of God. Your body is being ministered to whether you realize it or not. You need to re reach out by faith and say, Praise God, I'm receiving a good meal it's going to produce strength and life in my body. Amen? So we see that attention, what we put our attention to is a gateway to the heart. What we listen to, incline our ear to, it will, uh, it's a gateway to the heart. What we look at, what our eyes, it says do not let them escape your sight. What we look at and then what we give our time to. Because it says keep them in the midst of your heart. That has to do with progressive time. It doesn't mean that I just read it one time. I have continuously begun to read it to where I begin to discover, discover exactly what the Word says. Amen? Because you can read something and not discover it. You can read a scripture and not necessarily know it. Amen? You can know it and not know it. Amen? And I'm talking about knowing it in your knower. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen? Proverbs chapter 4. I'm going to read it out of the, the um, Passion Translation. I really enjoyed going over the scriptures in this. It says right here. Um, listen to this. Just, just sit back and listen to this. Listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you. And pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Boy, that, 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 that's good. Then, as you unwrap my words. Did you get a hold of that? Then, as you unwrap my words. 
Hallelujah. They will impart true life and radiant health. I don't think you got a hold of that. Hello, your word life is important. Your word intake is absolutely integral to the level of satisfaction you want to experience in your life. It's just absolutely the truth. Okay? And then he says, it says, Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health. Isn't that what Jesus said? The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Are you awake out there? Into the very core of your being. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention, there's that word again, to the welfare of your innermost being. For from there flows the wellspring of life. Amen? You know, most translations say flow forth the issues of life. But the actual word there in the uh, Hebrew is means seasons. And as we look at that a little bit closer... It's not just any season, it's spring season. So that tells me something about my spiritual life that is different than my physical life and even different than my solical life. When I cooperate with the seed time and harvest of God in my spiritual life, it's always springing up spring. Come on now. Isn't that good? It's always, yeah, I don't have to wait, go through a hard, long winter, you know, go through that. No, I'm telling you, when I get in there and I use this, it's supernatural. See, God, you know, people, there, there are people who say, well, I don't believe in that healing. Well, there's no sane person on planet Earth that doesn't believe in healing. Because the next time that you ask them, say, have you ever had a scuff or... You know, hurt your knee riding a bike and you know, cut yourself. And they say, oh, yeah, yeah, I fell off my bike. It was a horrible thing. I said, well, show me the, show me, you know, the raspberry. Oh, well, that healed up. God already put healing power inside every human being. Yeah. Divine healing is just the speeding up of the process. God can speed up the healing process two times, three times, four times, ten times, a hundred times. He can speed up that healing process. And that's the reason why when you go under the knife, when you go into some kind of surgery or have to go to the doctor and they do something that, you know, uh, is exploratory or whatever they do, you pray, Father God, you better pray. Father God, thank you. That you're going to guide the hand of the surgeon. That you're going to be there and he's going to have the best day in his life working on anybody. Not just me, but anybody he works on. And I thank you, Father God, that you're going to speed up the healing process in my body. Come on now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, Dennis O'Melia, he just had his, I guess it was his left knee. Left knee, you know, totally replaced. He came over, He'd, his leg had been swollen for months, 
And, uh, you know, the doctor said it's just bone on bone. And uh, so we prayed, and that's what we prayed. We said, Father, I just thank you that the healing power of God's going forth and that he is going to have such a supernatural recovery because of the divine life is going to be expediated in his life. And he is going to have such a surge of divine life in his knee that the doctors are going to be amazed at his recovery. The doctors told him that he'd be down for, what was it, six weeks? Six weeks, three solid months, I think is what he, what he said. Praise God, he's walking around doing things. He's moving around and able to bend to a 45. Come on now. I had one gentleman. He had rheumatoid arthritis so bad that his knees went like this and his hands were deformed. They, actually, they were grown over like this, you know. And uh, I remember that he decided, because he got free of the arthritis, you know, Jesus will heal you from the arthritis, and he had no more joint pain whatsoever, but he wanted to get his knees fixed because he had a little shuffle. And I remember we prayed over those knees. He was able to bend to a 90 15 minutes after he got off the operating table. Not just on one knee, on both knees. And he recovered so supernaturally fast that the doctors were absolutely amazed. I'm here to tell you Jehovah Rapha is alive and well. He is not the I was. He still is the I am. Amen. Hallelujah. He sent his word and healed us and delivered us from all of our destructions. Amen. What, what scripture do we got here? All right. All right. My son, don't forget your teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Oh, my goodness. That means that I don't have a set time on the earth. Hello. Amen. You know, you've got to not be afraid to die. You've got to not be afraid to die. If you're going to get free, you've got to not be afraid to die. And once you get free of the fear of death, you say, you know what? If the Lord takes me, that's all right. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be in heaven. But guess what? I'm not going because of your sickness and disease. And I'm not going to go prematurely either. I'm going to fulfill the number of my days. Well, guess what? If I want years added to my life, it's through the word. It's through the keeping of the word. Because the word here, as we saw two weeks ago, I'm running out of time. Two weeks ago, the word hear and obey are the same word in both the Greek and in the Hebrew. So I haven't truly heard anything unless I do something with what I've heard. Mm, okay, all right. Proverbs 3.3. 3, Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Now notice this. No, notice this. Go back to that again. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Go ahead to the next one here. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So how am I going to find favor and success? I'm going to find it through the word. I'm going to find it through steadfast love and faithfulness that comes through the word. 
Let's go to the next one here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. How many realize you've got to have good bones? Healthy bones is a healthy body. Amen? Proverbs 3.19, The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of this. Do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. And they will be life for your soul. There's people that are having trouble with their soul. Having trouble with their thought life. Getting down in the mully grubs. Getting down where they're filled with fear. Listen, I know exactly what that feels like. It's not fun. But I'm here to tell you that... The word of God continuously taken in copious amounts in your life will help you to have life for your soul, life for your mind and your will and your emotions. If you want a strong emotional life, which majority of people have emotional lives that are all over the place, it's going to come through the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now notice it says that his words and his commandments are a graceful garland for your head. Realizing that the word of God affects our soul. You see what I'm saying? It's a garland on the head. And then it says a pendant around your neck. That that has to do with your body. See, your spirit's right. Your spirit's right. Jesus lives on the inside of you. Amen? Amen. So what do we have to deal with on the earth? Well, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, you know, tells us that we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. And we're to renew our minds so that we can know. And that's exactly what it's saying there. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Amen? Amen? Proverbs 4.10. I'm going through the book of Proverbs here if you haven't noticed. Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 10. Hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be what? Many. Many. So that means I'm not stuck. Well, you know, we only got 70 years. You know, and by reason of strength, 80. Oh, that was when they were cursed by walking around, you know, in the desert. Amen? Because they wouldn't go into the promised land. Hello. Praise the Lord. You can add years to your life. That's exactly what that says. You can add years to your life. If you're not satisfied, what what did the psalmist say in Psalm 91? With long life. Well, I satisfy him. Now, if you're not satisfied and you want to go, the Lord will, will help you. But if you want to continue to do something, if you feel like God has more in you, if there's more fire in your belly, how are you going to extend your years? You're going to extend your years with the Word. Come on, do you believe this stuff or not? I'm telling you what, I'm sick and tired of preaching down here. Uh, we, we've never done it. But, 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 you know, there's sometimes we preach down here. But God, it's, it's good to preach up here. 
it's good to preach up here to just say, man, I, I, I think. Because you know what? You might not get up there, but you'll get somewhere around in here. Amen? Hello? You might not make it to Mars, but you might make it to the moon. Amen? Okay. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. Amen? Proverbs 6.22. When you walk, they will lead you. Talking about the word. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they'll watch over you. Oh, come on now. That is good news. And when you awake, they'll talk with you. See, this isn't just like any other book. This book talks to you. This is Jesus in word form. And as we begin to interact with him, praise God, he begins to talk with us through his word. How many have ever heard a scripture just pop out of your spirit? Maybe you're facing a dilemma and all of a sudden a scripture pops out. That's that word talking to you. Amen? How many have ever woke up and God gave you a word right there, right there when you got up? Maybe he gave you a song in the shower. Praise God, he's preparing you for your day. He's preparing you for what's ahead. Okay. Proverbs 8.8, 8. all the words of my mouth are righteous. Now notice this. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they're spirit and life. He begins to tell you, all the words are righteous. That means they're, they're right. There's nothing any truer on planet earth. And he says, there is nothing twisted or crooked in them. So when he says, by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed, there's nothing twisted or crooked in them. He's not just saying that to get you to, you know, succumb to, you know, his will. He's, he's not trying to sell you something. He's telling you exactly what he believes. He's put his word above his very own name. That means that it is the chief authority in all the universe. When I take those words, they supersede any and all words that are ever spoken on planet earth. When they say recession, not his word. When they say sickness and disease, not his word. When they say divorce and, and, and no restoration, that's not what his word says. Come on now. I'm an overcomer. Praise God. He says they're all straight. They're all straight. Every word is straight to him who understands. Now notice you've got to understand it. But it's straight and right to those who find knowledge. Amen? Let's go to the next one, Proverbs 8.10. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. He says you've got to learn to prize that word above silver and gold. And in fact, he tells you that it is more valuable than silver and gold. Amen? Why? Because the very word of God created silver and gold. Amen? For wisdom is better than jewels. What is wisdom? The word of God. The word of God is the wisdom of God. Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, the Bible says. The word is wisdom. Jesus is the word. The word is wisdom. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Proverbs 9, 5. Come, eat of my bread, 
and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Go ahead to the next one there. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be what? Diminished? Cut short? No, it says for by me your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. Hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. Proverbs ten eleven: the mouth of the righteous is fountain of life. I submit to you that majority of your problem with your body and with your soul life, with your thinking, is what you're listening to and what you're saying. It says, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Proverbs twelve twenty five. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. How many know that to be true? I mean, weighs you down. But a good word. Oh, come on now. It can't be that simple. Yes, it is. A good word makes him glad, which is the opposite of being anxious. Hello. Because you ain't glad when you're anxious. You ain't glad. You're quiet. You're into yourself. You're not listening. People are trying to talk to you and you just can't even tune in because you're so absorbed in what you're, you know, what the enemy's trying to tell you. You're going to die. You're not going to make it. Your kids hate you. You know, um, you're ugly. You know, you're fat. You got moles. You know, you got hair growing out of places you never thought it'd grow. I mean, come on now. It just overwhelms you overwhelms you just like waves but praise God when a good word comes well you know if someone came in and said hey I got $50 for you you know that's a good word but he's not talking about a word from a human being he's talking about God's words and when God's good word begins to come you know Jesus said this way if you abide in me And my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done. Hello. Proverbs 14.30. You got some more time? We're not going to go late like like I did the other day, so don't worry about it, all right? A A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh. The word tranquil means a healing heart. Well, what's a healing heart? A healing heart is a heart that's filled with the Word of God. It will give life to what? The flesh. But envy makes the bones rot. So if I begin to operate in the emotional realm, in the realm of envy and and jealousy and things of that nature, and the carnal desires, it's going to rot my bones. Hello. All right. Proverbs 15, 4. A gentle tongue is a tree of life. See, it's a harsh tongue that brings pain. 
that brings sickness and disease, a harsh tongue. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Now notice that. Notice it says your tongue has the ability to heal or break you. Okay? Proverbs sixteen twenty four. one of my famous uh, favorite scriptures in the Bible. Gracious words. The, the King James says pleasant words. Gracious words. There's not any more gracious words than the word of God. Gracious words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the bones or health to the body. Amen. So his words, praise God, when you take his words in, like right now, we're going over the word of God. You need to see that just like a honeycomb. It's sweet to my soul and it's health to my bones. Amen. Proverbs seventeen twenty two: a joyful heart is good medicine. Notice that a joyful heart is a good medicine. Well, a joyful heart, the joy of the Lord is what? Your strength, so that strength comes into your life, it becomes good medicine, but it says a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A depressed, anxious field, fear field, it dries up the bones. Amen? It does. I tell you what, strength's coming to me right now. How about you? Strength's coming to me right now. I'm eating good tonight. He'll satisfy us with the words of our mouth. Amen? Okay, all right. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. A man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear? Listen, listen to that. See, a a man's spirit will sustain his infirmity, is what the King James says. Will sustain his infirmity. That means that it will resist sickness. Oh, I don't know. Are you believing this or not? A man's spirit will endure sickness, but guess what? A crushed spirit who can bear See, physical condition is tied to spiritual condition. That's what this scripture teaches. A strong spirit will produce a strong body. Now, what do I mean by strong spirit? A spirit that is actively beginning to take ground in the soul realm. Because sickness can't touch your spirit. But it can impede your spirit's ability to release the divine life of God into your physical body. And so we have to understand that, all right? Proverbs, I wish I could go into more, but I'm running out of time. i got two more minutes. Proverbs 18, 20, from the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. What are you talking? Are you talking this? You see, you need to speak the words of Yahweh. That's what the Jews always said. Always speak the words of Yahweh. They would always speak the words of Yahweh. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God's whose word I praise. They would say that when they would get scared. They would teach their children to say that stuff. You need to be teaching your children to to answer 
the dilemmas of life and the troubles and the cares and the tragedies of life with the word of God. Because guess what? Go, uh, the fruit from the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Did you know that uh, God said this in the book of Isaiah? He said, I create the fruit of the lips. I create the fruit of the lips. So what are we speaking? What, what is coming out of our mouth? If we're saying, well, I'll never make it. Oh, they told me again that I was at this level, and I, I guess I'm just never going to get, you know, better. Well, that guess what? You're going to see it because death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Notice it doesn't say life and death. Many people quote that. Life and death, and power. that's not what it says. It says death and life because fallen man has a proclivity to speak death. You have to adjust and renew your mind to speak life to situations because that's not your natural proclivity. That's not your natural proclivity at all. When something hits you, you want to get down in the mully grubs, get depressed. Let's get the chunky chocolate chip. Let's draw the shades and let's Netflix, Netflix binge for the weekend. Okay? No, you've got to adjust yourself. You've got to realize that you've got a choice. I could either yield to my senses or I can yield to my spirit. I can either hook my mouth up to what I believe or I can hook my mouth up to what I'm seeing. Amen? My inmost being will exult when my lips speak what is right. Oh my gosh. Are you getting a hold of this? Exult means to be exalted. How many need to be exalted out of sickness? Exalted out of depression? Exalted out of relational trouble? Exalted out of that stuff? How are we going to get exalted? Well, Jesus, he's just going to have to come down here and lift me up personally. He's going to have to come up. I've had people say that if Jesus wants to do it, he can walk through that door right there and do it. No, he says, my inmost being will exalt, will exalt when my lips speak what is right. And what is right is always what God says. Regardless of how you feel. Regardless of what you're going through. Regardless of your circumstances. Regardless of what your bank account says. Regardless of what the loan officer says. Regardless of what anybody says in your life. God's word trumps all other words. And when I speak what is right, my inmost being is exalted. And when my inmost being is exalted, it affects my soul. It affects my mind. It affects my will. It affects my emotions. And it affects my body. Hallelujah. Proverbs 25, 11, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Many times in our pathway to health and healing, there's correction that needs to come into our life, alignment that needs to come into our life. We say, God, heal me, heal me, heal me. And he's just saying, baby, come over here. Come on. Come over here. Sit on my lap. We need to have some discussions. We need to have some fellowship. We need to have some face-to-face time. Come on now. We don't want that. You know, we get all huffy and puffy. Well, I need healing. I don't know. No, you need a hearing. You need a hearing with the Lord. Praise God. 
Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him. He refreshes the soul of his masters. Guess what? By me being the messenger of the Lord, I'm refreshing your soul right now. See, you need to, you need to come in and interact with the, with the service. You stop just sitting there like a lump on a pickle and realize that you've got a part to play in what God is doing in this whole thing. It isn't just me up here trying to do a little song and dance for you and make you feel entertained. You are interacting with Almighty God. I'm just simply a mouthpiece teaching His Word. I am nothing. I am just like you. I, I, I would, I, you know, I could be in that seat as well. There is absolutely no problem with that whatsoever. We've got to understand that we're all interacting as one body receiving a message that refreshes the soul of the masters. Amen? You got some time for some more? Okay. Let's drop down a little bit further there. James 3.1, let's go down a little bit. Okay. Now go back to 2. I'm sorry. James 3.2. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. Stop right there. Keep it right there. He's basically saying that the controlling of your tongue will bridle. What does the bridle do to a horse? It controls direction. So it tells me that through the word of God coming out of my mouth or through the words of the enemy coming out of my mouth will determine the direction of my life. It's like reins and a bridle in a horse's mouth. It pulls it to one direction or pulls it. Now listen, you don't want to get on the wrong side of a horse. I got on a Clydesdale early, you know, back back in early days of the church. There's pictures. I'm not showing them to you. <laughs> but I'm telling you, that Clydesdale was that tall. It was the biggest thing I've ever seen. I, it, you know, and I had to get on that thing. And it liked to, I was like me doing the splits. Because <laughs> it was big. You don't want to get on the wrong end of a horse. A horse is a powerful animal. And if it doesn't like you, it can make you know it real quick. I'm telling you, I've got kicked by them and stuff like that. They've reared up on me. And, uh, you know, I never rode them. I just would have to feed them and they'd get an attitude. Okay? You don't want to. But what happens is they train that horse. They put that bridle in his mouth, that bit in his mouth, and they, they use that bridle to begin to pull on its direction, what it, it basically forces the horse to go in the direction that it's seeing. You see what I'm saying? So it basically changes the perception of the horse to where the horse is going to go to the right or to the left or do a circle or whatever you wanted to do. That's what the bridle does. The, what the Holy Spirit is telling us is that if you're tired of the direction that you're going in. It's not God that's doing it. Well, God's just taking me down this path. No, it's your sorry self. It's your stinking attitude, your nasty words, 
your nasty, stinking attitude, you moaning and complaining and stuff like that, you're actually leading the, 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 the whole body of the horse of your life, which is your physical body, down a direction that don't need to go. Amen? If we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. He says, if you use your tongue right, you will guide and lead your body to health and healing and strength. If you use it wrongly, you're going to go to disease, you're going to go to infirmity, you're going to go to weakness. Okay, now notice this next verse. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder. The rudder... The bit or the bridle and the tongue are all the same thing in this passage of Scripture. So it shows us that the smallest member in our body has the most ability to direct our life where it needs to go. You can direct your body towards healing through the words that are coming out of your mouth. A man is satisfied by the fruit of his lips, by the, 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 uh, the produce of his mouth. Okay? So also a tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Guess what? Your tongue can light it up. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm, I got I to gotta quit. I got to quit, all right? Because my wife will, will not be nice to me tonight if I don't. I'm glad she's not here glaring at me. But, uh, but what we have to... Well, she does. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> and rightfully so. And rightfully so. Because we got kiddos that need to go to, go to bed. Okay, so we got to understand this. It's, it's what words are you talking are you talking words that are based upon your circumstances, based upon what you're seeing? Are you taking the words of Yahweh? Are you taking the words of Jesus, which are spirit and life? Amen. Amen? What you hear, meditate, power, release through the mouth. Do you see that process? What you hear? Power in the heart, release with the mouth. But you got to hear it. It can't be just like one little reading and okay, I want. No, you got to find it. You got to discover it. You need something. You discover it. Amen. Because it's not the logos word. It's the word of Christ. It's the rhema word that releases. See, I prayed the sinner's prayer many times. And walked out the same way I came in. It was only when revelation, rhema came to me. And I acted on what I knew. And then life was imparted to me. It's the same way with healing. It's the same way with provision. It's the same way with breakthrough. It's the same way with deliverance. Amen? Amen. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ is what the actual Greek says, which is the anointed word. 
there are people that can read the Bible and it ain't anointed. I mean, it, you know, you're not getting anything. There, there are people that can read the Bible out loud and all of a sudden you're just seeing things and God is just showing you things just simply by them reading the Bible. It's because they're reading it with faith that releases that anointing. And there are people that don't read it with faith, you know, and you're just kind of like, oh, okay, well, all right, that's nice. But then when people read it in faith... How many realize that? How many went to churches where they didn't read it in faith? And you're just kind of like, oh, okay, wonderful, you know. But then when someone read it in faith, I remember the first time I heard R.W. Shambach. I had never heard anything like that at all. I mean, he was hooping and hollering and talking about the Bible, and the Bible came alive to me. And I'd been in church for, for years. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're going to have a wonderful time, times of manifestation. It's going to be a powerful time. We're going to have Thomas Buckley with us, Pastor T, as he is called, prophetic ministry, dynamic. You don't want to miss Sunday morning nor Sunday night. There's going to be powerful impartation. Bring people who need a touch from God. It is going to be a mighty move of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's fill this place up at uh, 10 a.m. and at 6 p.m. right here. It's going to be powerful out of sight. So it's just going to be wonderful. I know the Lord's wanting to do some great things. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.